0: I don't know anything about Gilligan's Island. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'll tell you what it is after I talk for a bit. Don't know anything about Gilligan's Island, so I'm not going to talk like at all for this episode, but I've been rereading Legacy of the Force. And since we can't have a Star Wars episode, Star Wars month this season, scheduling didn't line up. I just want to talk about it for a second because I have a great many thoughts, but there's a bit where Han Solo says Chewie out loud and it hits him that this is the first time in 10 years he's been able to say Chewbacca without shattering into a million pieces and it fucking punched me in the chest how much I too miss Chewbacca which is weird because that's oldie you like that's not canon anymore Chewie's still alive he fake died in Rise of Whoever Cares Skywalker that was bad but it's still <laughs> it's still that's got the name me. of the movie yeah that's <laughs> It still got me that Chewie's dead in books that no longer count, which just proves to me that canon is not what's important. Your emotional investment is what's important. God damn it.
1: Right. Because, like, what, is it, what does it mean that they don't count, right? If they are works that affect you still?
0: Yeah. And speaking of works that affect you, hopefully this podcast emotionally affects you, listener, to give me money. And what's the podcast? Original podcast. Do not steal a podcast where every week Amber Autumn and I talk about one intellectual property at length and give you, the audience, enough information to understand how a character would work so that we can better make one. That's a way longer intro than I usually go. I'm rambling. Hi, everyone. How's it going?
1: I love that you always ask that question and then we always wait to see if anybody responds and then they never do because it is a podcast. And we have been doing it for like a year and a half. Command of the command of the medium, everybody, we're doing great. Um Hi, I was doing well. My name is Amber Autumn, I'm half of this podcast, and today we are gonna be talking about Gilligan's Island. Um, Which is, um, I mean, it is going to be a me-talky episode. We've talked uh, before about how sometimes we have episodes where one of us just talks like a ton. And you can like see it in the, in like when you line the audio files up. Um, And yeah, this one is probably going to be more me talking than you talking. But I think it's going to be, I'm going to hopefully leave more room for you than you think. Um, So Gilligan's Island is a show that I grew up with. I think that Gilligan's Island is in a weird state where it's sort of... Famous but not popular in the modern era. I think that most people who are listening will probably have heard the words Gilligan's Island before. They'll probably have heard the phrase, right? But I think that most of the people listening will not have ever watched an episode of Gilligan's Island. I mean unless you clicked on this episode specifically because you have watched Gilligan's Island and you want to listen to us talk about Gilligan's Island. But like, if you're just like a regular listener to the show who's listening just because you like our voice, probably most of the people haven't actually watched an episode because the show is old. It's not like a recently popular thing. So I don't know. In some ways, that's one of the things that's exciting to me to talk about it is that it so Gilligan's Island is a sitcom um from uh ni- the 1960s the like mid 60s um about a group of seven castaways who get stranded on a deserted island um the 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 theme song goes sit right back and you'll hear a tale a tale of a fateful trip that started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship The mate was a mighty sailing man, the skipper brave and sure. Five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. Um, And then, of course, it ends up being much more than three hours because the weather started getting rough and the tiny ship was tossed. If not for the courage of the fearless crew, the minnow would be lost. The minnow would be lost. The ship set ground on the shore of this uncharted desert isle. They say desert. It just means deserted. It's not a desert. It's it's tropical. There's a lot of plants and wildlife and people sometimes. Um, With Gilligan... The Skipper 2, The Millionaire and His Wife, The Movie Star, The Professor and Marianne here on Gilligan's Isle. Um, that's uh, They say that every episode. And now, also, that's a recap for everything that you need to know. And the, 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 the show basically, it ran for three seasons, and every episode comes in one of two forms. It's either um, you have these seven people who are living comfortably on an island. Um, not torn up about it at all, by the way. You have, like five minutes in the first episode where they all seem kind of sad about it. And obviously every other episode they're trying to get off of the island, but it's like not a deep dive into like the psyche of people who are trapped on an island. It's a comedy and you have like the stable cast of characters. And so the two kinds of episodes that you get in Gilligan's Island are you either have um, uh, the, the gang finds something that they think could lead to their escape from the island and they try to utilize that, to get off of the island. This is, um, Gilligan has, uh, eaten something that gives him radio wave powers, or there is a spaceship that's supposed to fly right over the island, and they can communicate with the Russian cosmonauts, or it's something goofy and strange is happening on the island. Um, usually some kind of visitor, you know, like, uh, fucking Dracula shows up on the island i don't think they have one where literally dracula shows up but they have one where basically dracula shows up um and it's totally fucking unhinged one of the things that i really like about gilligan's island um as opposed to a lot of the 1960s uh sitcoms is that it is not in any way grounded like they start from the premise of these seven people are trapped in a deserted island. And then all of the episodes premises are like, like Gilligan gets struck by lightning and turns invisible. Um, uh, they find buried treasure and uh, they stage a courtroom like trial to try to determine who gets to own the buried treasure. And everybody has to make arguments for why they should get the buried treasure. Um, and then like God always contrives at the end of the episode to make sure that they don't manage to get off the island and the status quo never changes because it's a sitcom and what you do is you snake you shake up the snow globe every episode and then at the end of the episode everything has to return to how it was beforehand. Um, uh, and it's it's goofy as hell there's one where Gilligan like is friends with a gorilla right. Um, it is also from the 1960s, and so a lot of the politics of the 1960s come into play, and it sort of makes it hard for me to unilaterally recommend uh, Gilligan's Island, because it is also, um, very racist. Not every episode, like, the entire core cast, all seven of them are white, and so, and it, like, mostly doesn't come up, so mostly you can get away with it, but every once in a while you have, like, an episode where you have, like, Um, A Japanese soldier who thinks that World War Two is still going on because he's been out at sea the whole time. And it's just some guy doing like a horrendous yellow face thing. Um, uh, And so all of those episodes, it like really forefronts and like in the pilot itself, like the very first episode has that problem where it's like, oh, there are headhunters on these islands, you know, and so you have to. So like it makes it sort of hard for me to recommend it to people. I don't know that I think Gilligan's Island is necessarily a good show. It's definitely a show that has left its cultural imprint and a show that made a big difference on me because I watched it growing up when I was a kid and didn't have any media literacy. And so it made a big difference in shaping my like sense of humor and whatever, but um, uh, okay. So uh, that's a few words about uh, Gilligan's Island. Here are some words about the, the characters because there's a cast of seven stable characters who are always there. And there's a couple of ways you can go with making an OC. Um, We could make a person in the stable cast of characters, or we could make some, like, visitor um, who shows up at the island, and they have to contend with this new person. Because people show up at this deserted, off-the-charts island all the fucking time, by the way. Like, a suspicious amount of time. But the core seven cast. So you have Gilligan, um, the first mate of the ship, the one that the show is named after. Gilligan is a bumbling doofus, but very lovable. Um, He's an idiot, and every single episode he fucks it up. He fucks everything up for everybody. He usually both causes the conflict of the episode, and if there's ever a way for all the characters to get off of the island, almost every single time, Gilligan is the one who ruins the chances for everyone else. But no one can ever stay mad at him for long, um, because he's just like a like a lovable, funny little guy. You look at like behind the scenes videos and like fan videos and stuff. Um, And, like, every woman who's ever talked about the show is like, oh, Gilligan is so my type, it's not even funny. Everybody loves Gilligan. Um, And then there's the Skipper, who is, like, nominally in charge. He was, you know, the leader on the boat, and therefore is nominally the leader on the island. Um, And he, I mean, mostly he's just mad at Gilligan all the time is his defining character trait. But, like, in a fun way, where they're buddies. He calls him little buddy all the time. Um, And those two share a bunk. And then you have the millionaire and his wife, um, Thurston Howell the Third and Lovey Howell uh his wife, um, whose their one joke is that they're rich and they've never done a day's work in their life. And, you know, they'll build a hut and they'll go, Why, I believe this is what they call perspiration. Wow. Um uh, and like it's that joke forever. I think they're the least interesting characters. Lovey Howell, Mrs. Thurston Howell the Third is the least interesting character on the show, and I feel very uncomplicated about saying that and they share a hut and then living on his own is the professor um who gives all the techno babble who explains what's going on in every episode so that you have a character who can like set the stage for telling us that the island is sinking or whatever for an episode uh using a bunch of techno babble um and then you have the girls in the girls hut ginger and marianne Um, And I have a lot of feelings and thoughts about Ginger and Marianne. Ginger and Marianne, for a really, really long time in culture, anybody listening to this would probably be a little bit too young to really be aware of this, uh, including me. I don't know why I know this. It's because I grew up on the show. But um, the concept of like Ginger versus Marianne was like a huge cultural question for like a really long time after the airing of the show. Like if you were a man, like a hetero dude in the world, the question of like, are you a ginger kind of a girl or a Marianne kind of a girl? Because they're the two like young women on the island, and ah, they're yes, like
0: the waifu Wars. We're finally the doing wars. our Avon Gallian episode.
1: So true. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, and they're like best friends, and I personally think that Ginger and Marianne were lesing out on the reg, but they are. In some ways, cast as very opposites to each other. You have, like, Ginger, who's, like, the movie star. She's glamour and sex appeal. And, honestly, I think she's a real sweetheart. Um, They definitely write her to be hot. But, yeah, go.
0: Could you say that she is glamour, glitter, fashion, and fame?
1: I would, I would. I would say that she is glamour, glitter, fashion, and fame. That's so true.
0: Would you say she's outrageous?
1: I would say... That she is somewhat outrageous, but I don't know that I would apply. I don't know if I would say that she's, you know, truly outrageous. I think we would need to wait for someone else, some other future episode, to find a character who's truly outrageous. Juju's just somewhat outrageous.
0: (laughs) The audience can't see it, but I'm silently (laughs) laughing, and I want them to know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a joke that'll be funny in about a year for all of (laughs) y'all listeners back home. Uh, um, (laughs) But it's funny for us now. Um, I think Ginger is, like, sort of an archetype who often you get to cast her as sort of a mean girl. Um, But she's not at all. Ginger is, like, such a sweetheart. And also, like, I'm trying to figure out. She's not a femme fatale. I feel like like she has sort of all the hallmarks of, like, a sexually confident in-her-own-woman. And she does, like, regularly try... There's, like, a regular bit on the show where she tries to seduce her way out of problems. Um, And it, like, never works. And it doesn't not work because the men are not into her. The men are into her. But it'll be like, she'll be, like, trying to, like, seduce Gilligan to, like, try to get him to give her some information that he promised the skipper he wouldn't tell her. And he'll get really nervous, and he'll, like, hit his head on something. And she'll, like, mug the camera, like, oh, shucks, just my luck. Because being sexually in her own... Like, it's not for the benefit of the audience. Like, obviously, I, a 10-year-old watching, had a lot of complicated feelings about Ginger Grant. But, like, it doesn't make her... It doesn't actually give her a position of power in the world, you know what I mean? It Like, it, it's not disempowering, it just... I don't know, it doesn't feel like a fantasy it feels like just a a textured element of her character i'm talking a lot i have have a lot of things okay i said it wasn't gonna just be me talking forever but i'm gonna keep going about ginger and marion i think that ginger is an enormous sweetheart and a lot of times you can tell that it's kind of like the kink of the writer talking right you'll have like the episode where um like there'll be a scene where ginger is like trying to like feed gilligan some soup um for some reason because he like is all in a cast and he can't do it himself and Gilligan will like be like, um, if you're gonna feed me something, and he'll go whisper something in her ear, and she'll be like, Oh, I'm happy to, and then she starts like telling him a story. Like Gilligan has just said, My mom would like tell me a story, can you tell me a story? And she just starts doing it. And like part of it is like, Oh, the writers wanted to do a mommy thing, but she's not playing it as horny. She's just playing it as like sweet. Um, I love Ginger a lot. And then there's Marianne, who is sort of the counterpart and that Marianne is supposed to be the girl next door figure. Um, she is folksy, she's country, she's you know, she's she's a country girl. She is maybe a, a, like the least fantastical personality on the crew. She's just a simple, honest girl who is a sweetheart to everyone and, um, you know, like an America's sweetheart figure. And so the question of, like, do you like Ginger versus do you like Marianne is, like, a little bit of a Madonna and a Whore paradigm, right? Where it's, like, do you like the sweet and innocent girl who has never fucked in her life or do you want the hot and sexy girl who fucks all the time? Which I think is not necessarily a which i think is not necessarily an accurate reading of their characters from the text themselves but obviously like it naturally emerges from the discourse around these characters in society because like that's the way that we can conceptualize women right is that either it's the sweetheart whom is innocent and that means and like innocent means has never fucked or you have like the character who like presents as though she's fucked everyone and so you have you have the madonna and the whore um, and Hold like on. that becomes Hold the on. question.
0: Yeah. Are you telling me women can be more than those two things? No. Okay, good. I was very confused <laughs> for a moment.
1: Yeah. No, don't worry. It's just, it's one of those two. Um,
0: oh, thank God. Oh, my, my worldview <laughs> has been corrected. My, my brain was shattered. You're okay. You've put the puzzle pieces don't of worry. my mind back together.
1: Don't worry. Mommy's got you. Thank you, mommy. (laughs) We're going to get taken off of Spotify. Um, So, uh, that's more than you really realistically need to know about it or Maryam. But those are the seven characters who, like, live on the island. Um, I think in some ways they model a tiny little version of, like, society as a whole. Like, you sort of have, um, like, Skipper as government and Gilligan as the workers and... Like, Marianne is the entertainment industry, uh, uh, the Howells are the millionaires, the professor is academia, I think there's something there. It's not like a, it's obviously not like an intentional thing, but I think that... You were talking about society? Uh, I was saying how the characters... And if, and if I may. Yeah, please.
0: (laughs) Because off-air, you were like... I'm not working out a video essay, and now I see the I fucking know, I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the, the thumbnail of <laughs> Gilligan's Island. Represented the id ego and super ego, and <laughs> there's a picture of the Joker. It's like no, it's it's Skipper and Joker face paint. It just says society. But it was, go on, go on. They're, they're if society. any of these we, characters
1: you... are the Joker, it's Gilligan. And I think that Gilligan and Joker face paint would be really, really funny. Because nobody would be able to take him seriously, as no one should take the Joker seriously. He would try to kill someone, and he would end up slipping on a banana peel that he accidentally set down when he was eating too many bananas.
0: Oh, uh, come on. Didn't you see the Joker? <laughs> no, I didn't 2019... see the Joker. No, I didn't. About... Society and stuff, and you know, society, man. Devin, did you see? Ever think about the fact I did? I Amber, I saw it because I tweeted out, "I'm gonna see this piece of shit movie because Amber and I will talk about it." And then I texted you, and you're like, "No, I didn't see the fucking Joker." (laughs) And I was like, "Well, then why is my dick in my hand? Why did I see this stupid fucking movie?" This is not a Joker podcast. I got
1: to the so um I was talking about society and then I asked if there was anything that I said um that you latched onto or if you had any questions about any of the things that I said about Gilligan's Island. It all makes sense. I don't think anything immediately stuck out
0: like sprung an idea. I think introducing a visitor who at the end of the episode goes i like this place and then they're all like what and the next episode they haven't left yet and they're like why the fuck the visitors leave at the end of 30 minutes why is <laughs>
1: that's why? Oh, so meta what's happening that's a little that's a little more meta than the show usually gets i like the characters aren't <laughs> aware that they're in a 30 minute episode <laughs>
0: I think I think to dial down the meta I think it would just be like he leaves his trash and he sucks and I'm like the, the the plot for the it's a two-parter and the plot for the next episode is not how do we get off the island it's how do we get this motherfucker off the island and so <laughs> when they shoot him off the island they're like yeah we did it and then like beat beat ah we could have been on the <laughs> boat to also get home
1: so they've never done a two-part episode, but they have done a like a recurring side character. They had like um, this spooky guy with hypnotism powers who shows up for one episode and then goes away and then comes back again later. And I think there's like one other character who does that, um, and so I think that we could do like a character who sh- who appears in two episodes and like you have one episode where our character shows up and does a bunch of stuff um to tbd and then a second episode later at some future non-specific point when the character's like yeah i really love this island and they come back to it and all the characters are like okay but we hate this guy we want to get rid of him there is like one episode with there's like a couple of episodes where characters come to the island on purpose there's like one episode where there's this pilot who like comes to the island for some like peace and quiet and he wants to be there um And all the characters are desperately trying to get him off of the island so he can take news of them back home. And they're like, they like try to annoy him really bad to get him to leave, that kind of a thing. Um, Slightly different than what you're talking about. You're talking a character who, like, all the characters want him to leave because he sucks and they're not even thinking about getting off the island. And it's only when they successfully get him off that they think, wait a second, we could have sent him off with a note. Or what is possibly more in the spirit of the Of the show is they like are annoyed by him, they want to get him off, and also they like slip a note into his like sh- ship or plane or whatever um but then f- like for some reason Gilligan accidentally takes the note out before the end of the episode or something like that, and they all find out in the end that Gilligan is holding the note in his pocket
0: now here's what we do to truly make a gilligan's island yeah he he gets home and then credits roll mm-hmm. and then black. And then it says he died as soon as he <laughs> stepped off the plane.
1: <laughs> you can have, you can have the, the, the radio announcer reading it out and saying, um, this person was found dead. There's a <laughs> He's dead. Jim. It's sort of the eighth, the eighth character of the show is the radio announcer. They have one radio in on the Island and they can't get it to transmit, but they can listen to the radio on it. Um, and there's, like, one radio announcer who's on all the time. So one of the things about Gilligan's Island, I think we we can start with our list of, of Chekhov's elements. Um, the thing about Gilligan's Island is that uh, it really allows extremely goofy premises. And so, like, we can't do any of the ones that are, like, edgy. Like, we couldn't do... A demon's eye. Uh, right. Uh, but what we but we could we or like we couldn't do bottle of, or box of Kraft mac and cheese, but we could do um, one of the silly ones for this. We could do the portable time machine. We could do the um, velociraptor. We could do the disease. Um, Let me
0: go through the list then, because I <laughs> not, not to call my shot, but I. <laughs> I'm kinda of hoping Velociraptor makes it to Jim and the <laughs> holograms.
1: God, imagine. <laughs> where So we're not gonna get think, ahead of ourselves I here. Think,
0: I think this could go in either direction, but um liter- <laughs> literally Pandora's box. <laughs> that could be silly or edgy. I think you
1: could make it silly. I think literally Pandora's box is a great thing for a character on Gilligan's Island to have. (laughs) There's like an episode where the Beatles visit them. Sure, whatever. You could do whatever. Like, Like literally fucking like Pandora rises from the sea or do you have like a character who unexplainedly has Pandora's box and keeps spouting references to Greek mythology?
0: They open Pandora's box, and it doesn't, like, unleash all manner of horrors upon the world. It's just this guy who kind (laughs) of sucks. It found, like, it finds, like, one thing, because it's already been used before, and it's got, like, low battery, and the doc explains this through magic science, and it's like, ah, it makes personal purgatory for one person, and collectively we all decided that a guy who doesn't clean up after himself would be the worst thing in the world. How do we get him back in? <laughs> also, follow up. Here's here's what it actually is. Uh it's the 60s, so they open the box and it's a member of the Black Panther party. And
1: <laughs> No. Hard Vito, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: and... <laughs> and it's some John Wayne motherfucker in black.
1: <laughs> Stop it. We're not doing that. Uh <laughs> See
0: you for the Hi everyone, I'm watching The Wire and Brother Mahoon just got introduced and he's just a member of the Nation of Islam in a suit. <laughs> He's like, and he's fucking all, aw- oh we're gonna do it with the wire episode I'll hold it I'll hold it anyways David, go should on I it.
1: watch the wire I've heard such good things about the wire but I've never watched it but like it's like now like when I was hearing a lot of good things about it it was like you know prestige TV was sort of more in its infancy than it is now is this still worth watching in 2023 for me I fu- I love the wire I
0: don't recommend TV shows to you because you're not good at watching oh, that's them true. and the wi- still not yeah, done with and 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 the the wire yet. is like. Yeah, you're still on time with Andor, and the wire is longer, and the wire is dry. We'll we'll do the wire episode. Okay, sure. I think, <laughs> I think you should watch a video essay about why the wire is good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if you just—I <laughs> just don't think you're built to watch the wire, totally. but we'll talk about it one day.
1: Um. So so okay. So here's what you do: is you have Gilligan sees this crate. Um, And there's something written on it in Greek. But Gilligan doesn't speak Greek. He doesn't know what it is. So he opens the box. He opens the giant crate. And there's, like, a guy inside of it. Um, And the thing, like, the part of the box that he opened is the part with writing on it. And the guy comes out. And Gilligan's like, oh, my gosh, there's a guy. And everybody comes and talks to the guy. um, And they're all really excited to talk to the guy. And then the guy, it turns out, is a piece of shit. And they all hate him. And they need to get him back in the box. And so then some shenanigans happen. You know, probably Ginger tries to seduce him, to convince him to leave somehow. Um, uh, Mr. (laughs) Howell offers to pay him money to leave, uh, etc. And then through some means, they manage to get him back in the box. Um, uh, And when they seal up the box, the professor sees the writing on it. And the professor, who speaks Greek, because sure, why not? He's the professor. He can speak Greek. Um, sees that it, like, says something like Pandora's box on it. And then you get to, like, keep the veneer of, like, oh, it's a thing that could happen, but also, like, definitely imply that it is literally Pandora's box. And they all... And, like, maybe you have earlier in the episode, they're all talking about how much they like their own, like, little community and how happy they are all with each other. Or the reverse. You talk about how they're all bored with how... It's just the seven of them. And then they introduce a new guy, and at the end of the episode, they're all like, Wow, I guess we really liked the way things were all along. And that's the moral of the story.
0: Yeah, I like the second one. That also does... When you, when you started the episode, I was like, I have an ending. And then your idea to like keep it ambiguous blows mine out of the water, because I thought... And then Zeus rides a <laughs> lightning bolt down and goes, gosh darn it, Pandora. And he's like, ah, I'm a stinker. And, and Gilligan's like, I don't speak Greek. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. Ah, bah, 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 bah.
1: Is that your Gilligan voice?
0: I don't, you don't know, I don't what, know what he sounds, sounds like. like. I just, It's really funny. I, it's just that comedian to go, I got no respect, oh, and then he shakes his tie, and he's sweaty.
1: Okay, so we're introducing this shitty guy. The only things we know about him so far are that he sucks, he's there specifically to ruin all of their experience, and he's Greek. Those are our, um, those are the pieces of information <laughs> that we have.
0: He's just a, a, a he's just a, a loitering little shitlord, and everyone's tired. <laughs> tired of his shenanigans. <laughs> you know what he does? What does he do? He, he doesn't. He doesn't pick up after himself, but also he parties. He's
1: he just parties. He's
0: keeping me up, Gilligan. He never stops with the parties. So like
1: he's playing music. He's brought his own radio, and at first they're really excited about it. But his radio is much larger, and he's playing it all the time. <laughs> And then you probably get them like, a try his. to steal his radio, but it doesn't work.
0: They don't know how to operate it because it's also in green. <laughs> how much do you need to have a Gilligan's Island character? Because this all makes a lot of sense from where I'm sitting. Like, what are the other things we have to fill out?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. The answer is, like, not a lot more, but a little more than we have. Like, okay, what's his personality like? Like, what is he like in the interactions with the other characters do you think he
0: is a little shit on purpose or do you think he is accidentally a little shit
1: i think it's on purpose i think that he is like fully aware that he's being an asshole but he's kind of do you know like when you have someone who's from new york apologies to all the new york people in the audience um you know when you have someone who's really proudly from new york you know when you have someone from New Jersey? I actually have met some people from... Mm, I've met some people from New Jersey, but they're probably not actually very good representatives. Um, they're probably... is not especially complimentary representatives of the state. But, like, the stereotype of, like, someone who is is walking here, who really wants everybody to you know what, uh, bend to their will who is taking up a lot of space and is not being self-conscious about taking up a lot of space because they think that taking up a lot of space is like the way to move through the world you know what his catchphrase is what's his catchphrase
0: where are you gonna go off
1: the island <laughs> <laughs> that's really good i think he's a jerk to the to the girls i think that that's like an early warning sign like he inter he interacts with with he gets along with the skipper okay, and the skipper's like the first person who talk to him. But like you can tell something's wrong when he like meets Ginger and Marianne and is not nice to them because he's uh, probably a misogynist and kind of a dick. Like be like expecting them to do his di- he like eats a- some food and expects them to do his dishes for them for him, and they're like actually we all do the dishes here together. And then he is like ah with a woman here yuck 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 etc. And then like from there he starts like partying big time and. Being a, a a jerk. So I don't know any actors from this era, but can he be William Shatner? William Shatner is actually a really good pull. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> I like <laughs> casting is so important in this, huh? Casting makes it casting better makes it better as of time. we. Just... <laughs>
0: As we discussed in the season one finale.
1: Shatner, it's interesting, in this era, almost always plays sort of like romantic heroes. But I think that he totally could play uh, Dick. And it would totally work.
0: Yeah, no, there's one time where he plays just out and out an asshole. But I can't remember what it is. But yeah, he could do it. He could just be like, me do the dishes when there's a woman. What is this?
1: Communism? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's his name?
0: Right, I'm just going to try to. Word associate and see what happens. Uh, Pepsi. Cola. Coke. Cocaine. Colombians, Dionysus. Crime. The ghetto. Baltimore. Detroit. New York. New York. Hot dogs. Hot dogs. Chili. Chili dogs. Sonic. Sonic is a hedgehog. Hedgehogs don't go fast. Speedy Gonzalez goes fast. That's racist. Greek name... No, nope, no. That sucks. I can't believe I that the Gilligan's Island
1: episode is the one we're getting canceled for. <laughs> but we
0: didn't do <laughs> the open Pandora's box, and it's just a black man who wants rice. It's true.
1: We're not doing that. What if, okay, um, he's a dick, right? So what if we name him Richard? All
0: right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the best I got. I don't know how
0: many arc. I don't know how many Argonauts there are, but he's like, you know, I'm actually the 14th Argonaut.
1: Does he say that he's from Do Greenpeace? Does he, does, he, does he say that or does he not say it and we just like are given to imply it or given to infer it?
0: I don't know. What would the what feels more true to the show? The
1: inference feels a little bit more true to the show where he doesn't say that he's from Pandora's box. He says he's just like a guy and it's cagey about where he came from. And then, like, the show is like, oh, it's Pandora's box. Yuck, yuck. Do we have to go over look? Do
0: they have looks in Gilligan's Island? I mean, or is they just really. kind of people? They're
1: kind of just people. I mean, like, the characters on the island have, like, a stable of wardrobes. Because they only have the clothes that they brought with them. Or that they've managed to make on the island. So they all have, like, very, very stable wardrobes that they wear. Gilligan is always wearing the same thing.
0: I think he's mostly nude. I think as an ode <laughs> to heroic nudity. That's and, funny. Uh, I
1: like that.
0: <laughs> Tastefully nude. It's just always covered up by something in the frame. Oh, like fully
1: nude. Like he's naked most of the time.
0: Yeah, and he's like, "What? There's no laws? Are you are you a policeman, or is this an island?"
1: That's a that's a pretty good running joke. <laughs> there's like there's like this um story where so ginger would wear all these like fancy clothes and she would often have like this diamond stud in her navel. And it was because like the, I don't know if it was the haze code or what it was. That was too late for the haze code, but I don't know. um I don't know what the governing body was at the time, but like the rule was that you couldn't show a woman's navel on television. And so they would like have her in two piece bathing suits or whatever, but they would put a like, like a diamond insert in her navel to like get a, to circumvent the rule. Um, I don't know if you can show a, a shirtless dude or not, but we can assume for our purposes that yes, you could see you could show a shirtless dude, and everybody would be reacting embarrassedly to the fact that he was naked, and that can be a funny part of the joke. But everyone's just like trying to get over it, um, and yeah, it's always hidden tastefully off screen.
0: William Shatner's tasteful <laughs> William Shatner. nude.
1: <laughs> I think I think I feel good about Richard at that point. That's, I think that's a <laughs> I think it's not the most interesting character we've ever created, but I think that we got to spend a little bit of time thinking about Gilligan's Island, and that's all I really needed out of this.
0: We did it. Shout out to you, Richard. It's time for I ship it. Add in the sound effect in post, baby. What the f And here we are. The semi or top is usually dominating the UK or bottom. It I, was funny. Their relationship
1: right. is cute. Damn it! My <laughs> ship that. So, so Amber, are we shipping Richard? Do you think with the, the fandom at large ships Richard with anyone? Do I th- who do I think the fandom ships Richard with? Okay, are we talking about? like, the fandom of 1965? Or are we talking about the fandom of 2023?
0: Which do you feel more qualified to discuss?
1: 2023. Part of me is like, oh, the fandom ships him with Skipper. Because he and the Skipper, I think, are the two characters who, like, actually sort of get along, especially at first. And the Skipper is sort of in the position of power on the island, and I think that probably they have some kind of, like, power like struggle and that makes it sort of like interesting um I all the other part of me is like what if the fandom ships him with ginger and and that sucks and we hate that the fandom is doing that but like realistically maybe they are doing it because
0: the fandom doesn't always make the correct decision
1: yeah but the more I'm thinking about it the more I'm like struggling to actually come up with why I was saying that the fandom would go in that direction I think realists, I mean, like, we don't want this character shipped with anyone. The fandom is making a bad choice no matter what, but I think probably the most interesting dynamic is the fandom shipping him with the skipper. I wonder what happens if you look up Gilligan's Island on AO3. Hold on, we're going to do a little field trip together right now. Gilligan's Island. I have read and understood the new Terms of Service and Privacy Policy. There are only 68 works in Gilligan's Island on Archive of Our Own. What the fuck? That's so cute! <laughs> wow, I know the niche that I have to build for myself. It will not surprise, I think, anyone to know that this is a lot of ginger ex Marianne because that obviously, of
0: course. So that's I ship it. That's who we believe the fandom <laughs> at large would ship Richard I'm with going off on a whole journey down here. Factory. Sorry.
1: Oh, man, I'm going to read some of these. (laughs) (laughs) This is fully what I'm doing with my night now.
0: Ooh, I have my fun fact. Yeah. On the second Richard episode, he comes back and he's like, I feel like we all got off on the wrong foot. I would like to apologize. I think my nudity made you all uncomfortable. I've changed. And he... Steps out of what whatever whatever was covering his dick, and it's the teeniest loincloth. And he's <laughs> like, "Do you guys feel better?"
1: I think okay. So my fun fact is that the character regularly speaks in Greek. Like he has little like asides to himself in Greek. Like famously, uh, like it becomes a really famous piece of trivia about the episode that Chatner like pronounces every single word wrong. Just it's just like completely and Like nobody on set caught it because nobody on set like speaks it either.
0: <laughs> that is so something <laughs> that would happen on a show from the sixties.
1: Cause they didn't bother getting an actual Greek actor, they just got Shatner. He's not Greek, right? They I was <laughs> like... I'm assuming he's not Greek. He doesn't seem Greek. I just he's <laughs> Some Canadian.
0: Something about, something about our fucking our fan cast where it's like, yeah, they got William (laughs) Shatner, those fuckers. And that, ladies and gentlemen and others, is an episode. Who does sign off first, me or you? I kind of forget.
1: Um, I, uh, you do it first because I have to think of what my thing was going to be. I wasn't paying attention early in the episode.
0: (laughs) All right. And that's it, everybody. Episode over. Goodbye. Please, if you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to like and review us because that actually does help push the thing out. And I get very sad that number never goes up at the end of next week. But if you stick with us for next week, Amber will try in vain to get us to talk about Jev and the Holograms. But actually, it's my pick. And if you thought, man, Devin didn't talk in this episode, get ready for a lot of it because, Amber, we're going somewhere, somewhere familiar. But different? Somewhere gay? Somewhere dark? Amber, we're going to the dark universe. Of course. But not our dark universe. Our friend's dark universe. And not even fully their dark universe. We're going to (laughs) do... how we do a shitty one season spinoff that has weird continuity i'm talking (laughs) spider-man unlimited i'm talking highlander the raven i'm talking talking birds of prey (laughs) i'm gonna tell you about our friends continuity for how they do the dark universe are you afraid of the dark universe
1: (laughs) 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 this whole podcast is just half dark universe (laughs) (laughs) content i swear to god
0: and then we're going to make a spinoff one season show that's bad, kind of, and the continuity doesn't line up because that's my favorite shit in the world.
1: God damn it.
0: I wrote out an ending for it. I know how our season ends.
1: Thank you for listening, everybody. Please make sure to uh, drop us a rating and visit our merch store where we will be selling... Um, uh, boxes filled with members of the of the Black Panther Party. That feels racist. You brought oh. it up in the first place, buddy.
0: <laughs> I didn't sign off on this merch. <laughs> Thank you, love you, bye. Thanks, bye.